0: June 1, 2021. It's a lot for Pedro show. For exactly. show, happy Tuesday, first Tuesday of June, 2021. We start off with John Coltrane doing Then I'll Be Tired of You. Not too happy of a title, but after that we had refrigerator with Bicycle. That's happy. <laughs> Don't get tired of pedaling, although t- pedaling can make you fucking tired. That's all right, you rest. People, above, Matt's still at the Love Grotto, plush point a couple miles south here. But I'm not totally man alone because of those Estonian engineers with their Skype invention. I got Chris and Alan from Refrigerator with me. Welcome aboard, gentlemen.
1: Hey.
2: Hey, Mike. How's it going?
0: Now, are you talking to me from those, where those cats, the dairy Claremont, Montclair?
1: Yeah. Yeah. We're in Claremont.
0: Okay. What the fuck? Why do you put two towns next to each other with the same name backwards?
1: I think because the two towns are completely opposite.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I know because there used to be a club, in the, a non-college one called the Green Door. It's now a parking lot of a mall. But uh, you, you could tell there was two different kinds of towns.
1: Yeah, and you know what? Um, I saw you the first time you played the Green Door. Many times we were yeah. all thrilled out here because that where we are. We never got acts like you guys. We were all into the SST stuff. And I think you were the first in that crew to play the Green Door. And We were just like, man. We could not believe you came to our little neck of the woods. We were so excited. I had,
0: You know, part of the green door was not just the club. There was also a tell there, uh, like crack house kind of trip. Oh,
1: yeah.
2: Yes. <laughs> that was scary.
0: And at one time the FBI and uh, local police came to get me as I was going on stage because they thought I had brought a young woman over a border between Pennsylvania and Ohio. But it was not the same band. Uh, well maybe the same band but different ha- haircut and also the, their, their spelling included a U and our bands didn't so oh, sh- I, I got to play the gig I do that shit anyway now let's get into you guys' music history who wants okay. to go first Chris or Alan go ahead
2: Alan
1: okay yeah. I can start
0: Alan your earliest music recollection please
1: Um, my earliest music re- recollections um, my dad was a piano player. He was a classically trained piano player. Um, as a kid, both my brother and I, we didn't know how good he was. We just knew he could play the theme to the old, uh, Batman TV show, uh, Elton John, which I loved the goodbye yellow book road album. He would play all that stuff. And his brother was in a kind of a comedy vaudeville act that, uh, Played at the Ed Sullivan show back in the day.
0: Okay. So that's your earliest memories of music is your father and your uncle. Now, yeah. obviously your father being a piano player, he probably had one in the pad you grew up in. Did you ever jump on that fucking piano?
1: You, you know what? Um, I took lessons for like six months after seeing Elton John at Dodger Stadium was disappointed that I could not play like my dad or Elton John. After uh six weeks of piano lessons, I could barely play chopsticks. now how so, old were you? I was maybe seven or eight. <laughs> we don't
0: know about patience
1: <laughs> no <laughs> so
0: you mean that frustration made you quit piano
1: yeah so so i quit quit the piano, and then uh my brother, who had more patience than me, picked up guitar. And we started a little joke band uh, just uh, just with us. And we kind of went on from there. And I think we got progressively better from our first songs, which were funny things like Microwave Poodle. And we kind of evolved. Well, l- let hope. me
0: ask you this. In, in in school, were you in the choir, the marching band?
1: Um, no, but I remember. Okay, because in-
0: okay. some schools got rid of the program. That's why I always ask that shit. Now, what was the first record you bought for yourself? Was it Elton John?
1: Captain Fantastic.
0: Whoa. Okay. That's <laughs> right. Now, what was the first gig you saw? Was it that fucking Dodger Stadium gig?
1: Yes, it was. And I was, it was for my birthday. Okay. So I, was, now this I band you
0: did with your brother, did it have a name?
1: Yeah, it was called The Bucks, B U X. And what did you play in that band? I sang, not very well, but uh, I sang.
0: (laughs) Okay, that's an instrument. Fuck the voice. And what was the first Bucks gig? Uh,
1: Believe it or not, it was at the Green Door.
0: (laughs) No, I believe it. You fucking live there. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: I had to make the hell ride from Pedro. (laughs) Okay, okay. How was it? Was it a success? Did they throw shit?
1: You know how bad it was, you're going to laugh. We had no idea. We thought we had these thrift store microphones, these crappy amplifiers. We thought we don't need to go through a PA. So we told the green door we do not need to go through the PA. We can use our thrift store microphones and amps. Um, it was horrible. It was the only time we did pay to play, which was we learned that lesson early. We scared the whole crowd. Was, there was, we needed speed bumps at the exit. People just fled. We didn't even get heckled. They just left. We were that Yeah, bad. and
0: Billy and the Descendants calls those gigs Hall Rakers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think
0: there's an all-album called Hall Raker. <laughs> it's about clearing out a pad. Usually people do it with a lot of volume, but you guys did it with bad playing. But how old were you? I mean, you were young.
1: Yeah, I was maybe... 20, maybe everybody else is like seven. Between 17 and 2021, 20, we were all very, very, very young. And can I ask you about the material?
0: Was it copying records or was it writing your own stuff?
1: Writing our own stuff. Great, um, great. Like I said, Microwave Poodle, Blood is Thicker Than Pepsi, just ridiculous kind of. We were inspired by SST, um, Dead Kennedys, all that kind of uh, stuff.
0: Well, Dead Kennedys was actually Alternative Tentacles,
1: but. Right, right.
0: About 400 miles of difference. <laughs> although, yeah. although uh, good friends, you know, always old buddies. And uh, Gaza X, actually, you're talking about rotten fruit for fresh vegetables and shit. Gaza X produced that. He also did the six-pack uh, Black Flag 7-inch and the No God Germ 7-inch. So, all connected, especially in the older days when the scene was real small. So, what happened after that gig? It was it was kind of a... a, a uh um. It was an experience, right? Branded in the brain?
1: Yes. You can say that for sure.
0: Uh, Was there a second Bucks gig?
1: (laughs) There was. That one was a little bit better. There was the local park. And one night, we were just there the night before, Friday night, drinking beer with our friends, right? We were all probably minors. We saw that on the main outdoor stage there, they had forgot to lock up the outlet's. And so we said, hey, tomorrow, let's just call our friends. This was pre-internet. And let's just show up and play. And so we did. And that it went better than the green door, but not much better.
2: Not for the people picnicking in the park, though. Right. <laughs> it was
0: probably like Black Flag at Pollywood Park in Hermosa Beach. They, they did not. They... <laughs> <laughs> our
2: friends you, liked it, but not the uh, innocent bystanders.
0: What, 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 that's what I meant, too. Look, but a farmer <laughs> would tell you, Chris. If you want a good crop, use a lot of manure. So I say, bring it, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I want to oh, yeah. I, I, I play something here Corvette Winter by Refrigerant. Oh, great. For Pedro Show, yes. That chunk of music started with Refrigerator doing Corvette Winter. And then Scotty Irvin, he's got a brand new album, and here's a tune from it Starlight Hollow Revival, North Carolina. Uh, Deep in the Woods, 66, out of Dublin, Ireland. It's Tommy O'Sullivan. He had me aboard for this tune, Cloud Walker. I had to think of words right away, so I thought of uh, Misha Bokogov's Master Margarita. Oh, it ain't sympathy for the devil. It's a cloud SLWCC Watt, after that. This is a project I did with Sam Lockward in uh, Iowa City. Made the album. Just trading files. I've yet to met the, meet the man, but he's a beautiful guy. So, disinformation casualty. The Mirrored Ones with Bob Bucko, his buddy from Dubuque, a little bit north there. With Stark. Sam Lockward, slow gone. Part 15, Deck. I think it means December. Piano. Abbreviation from uh, Joe uh, Cardamone's Quarantina little opera. Toy Mango with Lake out of Ithaca, state of New York. Aruba, Avua, Un Gosto de Ferro, And uh, uh, Stair Kits from No Wave Days. Uh, uh, Tycoon, live. Done deal. Uh, oh, uh, piece of Pedro, hardcore. I think maybe the late 90s. So, trailer hitch blues and finally refrigerator with mask in the morning. Chris, your turn. Earliest musical recollection, please.
2: Hey there. Yeah, uh, driving with my uh, mom in her car in the 70s and hearing Rhinestone Cowboy on the radio every hour.
0: Glenn Campbell. Now, what's that? Glenn Campbell.
2: Yeah, Glenn Campbell. Right. Yeah,
0: incredible was, session, to- incredible session musician that couldn't read.
3: Hmm.
0: all by ear yeah shows to go you right yeah okay go on
2: yeah i heard that and then that was the first time i kind of even noticed music and yeah then uh you know got into my own stuff later but you know first digging through my parents yeah
0: yeah let's get into your background the pad you grew up like alan had the, the the pop right with the piano did you have family people that were doing music
2: no we had a Piano in the house, but nobody played it. Whoa! And kind of like furniture. It was furniture, yeah. And and I, I don't oh, think I oh, even, art, I, art,
0: art, art.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: So, so what was the first record you bought for yourself with your own money?
2: Uh, Iron Maiden killers.
0: And the first gig yeah. you went and saw.
2: Uh, it was with Dennis and Alan, who are in the band. Uh, we we saw uh, we went to US Festival on the metal day. That's kind of where you guys
0: live. That's Ontario, right?
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, that was right by us.
0: Because I went to the first Cal Jam. I took the bus from fucking Long Beach, well, bus to Strong Beach, and then $2, 1974. It cost six fifty to get into the gig. It was fucked up, <laughs> though. I never went to another one of those things until I had to <laughs> play them. So what about you in, in school? Were you in the choir, the marching band?
2: In fifth grade, the music teacher came into our class and showed us all the band instruments and you know, wanted to see if anybody was interested in, joining the school band and for some reason I decided to play clarinet. The licorice that, stick. that lasted a year.
0: The licorice stick. Yeah. You know, that used to be really popular because it could cut through especially with the swing bands. You know, there was a lot of band leaders that worked at Artie Shaw, right? Benny Goodman.
3: Yeah. Uh, uh
0: but it only lasted a year, huh? So you get yeah, you I, learned I how that. to read a little music and you played in the Big O ensemble with the maybe eight other clarinet players and all the other cats, right? Okay. Yeah. How do you get rocking on, on what you play now?
2: Um, playing drums. Um, I tried guitar and I had a horrible teacher uh, that I didn't. I learned like G and C chord. I got really frustrated and gave up on that and didn't do anything. And then I uh, started listening to, you know, music with getting into drummers, you know, and realizing I wanted to be a drummer. And my parents said, if you, uh, you're going to play drums, you got to buy your own set. So I bought my own kit, and I guess that made me more faithful to it.
0: Now, how did you know what kind of kit to get?
2: Um, I found in the old recycler. And was ah, paper. recycler.
0: That was, oh, I yeah. got all my shit, all my cars, all my instruments, yeah. everything <laughs> came out of the recycler.
2: I found a Tama kit, yeah. and um, I knew that, like, that was a real drum kit. that like
0: Dave Grohl, music right?
2: Musician.
0: I think Dave Grohl rocked those.
2: Yeah, and Stuart Copeland. I yeah. think that might have been, like, you know, realizing Stuart Copeland played that. I was starting to get into the police and all that in the 80s.
0: But a poor carpenter blames his tools. How how much that kit cost you?
2: 400 bucks.
0: That's not too bad. With cymbals and shit?
2: Um. Uh, yeah, maybe it had hi hats, but you know, and yeah. it came with the hard the hardware by the, okay. the rest of the symbols on my own.
0: Okay. Where'd you prank?
2: In my room. I had a I had enough room next to my bed I could squeeze. You the also drum set had in there.
0: very cool parents.
2: Yeah, they weren't musical, but they were definitely <laughs> tolerant. They let me whale away on the drums.
0: Now I didn't ask Alan, but since he's in the fucking band then I'm kinda asking you, not I'm not talking after school when you graduated, but like in the afternoon, right? the bedroom band, the basement, well, in your case, it was a probably a bedroom band, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. I, well, I would play drums with Dennis and Allen. I knew them in high school. I've known them since I was in fifth grade. So and... they,
0: they brought their shit over. Because usually, yeah, sometimes... yeah, usually, it's usually the drummers because the, the setup <laughs> shit, right? Yeah
2: yeah, yeah. 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 So the band, that the Bucks, I it wasn't in it all the time, but I played on a couple of songs that, you know, it was cool. Dennis and Allen were writing their own stuff and
0: were you in the first Bucks at that, that first Bucks gig?
2: No, no, that was somebody else playing drums, but okay. it might have been my drum set. I might have loaned them the set. Okay,
0: okay, okay. <laughs> so, but refrigerator, well, well, explain to me how refrigerators connected to the Bucks.
1: Um, well, my brother and I, we had uh, started uh, the Bucks, and then we had. Uh, the person who was our primary drummer in the box just had a bunch of issues, started stealing from the band, et cetera, et <laughs> yeah. cetera.
0: Which, so, which means you guys had some issues.
1: <laughs> you right. <laughs> and, and, and we had already booked a show at one of the local Claremont colleges. Uh, and then we were like, we were so mad. We were so pissed off at him. We were like... Um, We're not going to ever be called the Bucks again. We already want to do more kind of serious kind of music. We're already going that way, which is already causing friction.
0: Oh, you know what? I forgot to ask you, Al. Were you guys fans of Dr. Domeno?
1: Oh, my God.
0: That's what I thought. That's what I thought. (laughs) So was I. So was I. So was I.
1: The KMET four-hour version. That's right. On
0: Sundays, right?
1: Yep. 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 Yep.
0: Okay, go on, go on. You you guys um, want to play, but so you yeah. don't want to be Bucks because of that fucked up drummer,
1: right? Yeah. yeah, good good summary. We already had a show booked at the local college, so we we're like, we're not we're not going to be called that. So my brothers came up to me and he just said, we can either be called Dope as a knock at our drummer on various levels, right? Being a dope, being on dope, whatever. Or we he looked around. her we in the kitchen at the house we were renting, or we could be refrigerated. I'm like, I don't even want to be in a band called Dope for a Day. Um,
0: <laughs> I don't blame go. you, Alan. I do not blame you. <laughs> enough of that shit. <laughs> so, so you, you, in the fridge, you uh, in, the, in the kitchen, you saw a fridge, and hence the name. Okay. Yeah. So, that gig becomes a refrigerator gig and not a buck gig right and right it's got, it's got chris on the drums now
2: actually chris, you know what it was before i joined the i i was still knew these guys but i was away in college and they got a local drummer joel connell who plays in man is the bastard has played in the past he's got other stuff going on now he's a drummer that's like way beyond like the kind of folksy music that uh like he's more of a prog drummer and it was an interesting fit actually and well we you know music,
0: into- music's music right fuck genre
2: yeah, you yeah, know, you, was,
0: you're right, a vaudeville guy would tell you work the room. Yeah. And I think that's so a gr- I think tennis. that's a great fucking ethic. So cuz I was going to ask if you were on that gig, you had to learn a bunch of songs really quick.
2: That came later after the band had been together for two or three years. I was in college and I started running into Dennis again and he said uh they had a tour booked and that they needed someone to fill in on drums. So I went with them and learned the songs like a day before we left town. Fuck one day. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So I was did, winging
0: it a lot. Did, yeah. Did you use a little book, uh, charts, uh, cheat sheets?
2: I had some cheat sheets and I would write down what I thought was a song title. And a lot of times they didn't use the chorus as the title. So it'd be some abstract name and I'd have to figure it out. Like as the song started,
0: <laughs> thanks for helping out, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Terry Bozio do a Phantoma gig at a stadium in, I don't know, Brazil or Argentina. And and, and, and Terry Bozio was uh, doing uh, Dave Lombardo, right, his yeah. part. And so he's got the shit written on a little book where he's turning the pages with the drumstick. <laughs> like The black page, right? It was several little white uh, spiral notebook pages. I I couldn't fucking believe it. The songs were like 45 seconds, you know. <laughs> anyway, shows it's- to go, you're right. Uh, we're, we we reached the end of the first hour of the June 1, 2021 edition What Pedro Show. Special guests, yes, Alan, Chris from Refrigerator. Hold tight for hour two. June 1, 2021. It's the second hour What Watt Pedro.
3: i <laughs>
4: Ha, ha, ha.
5: Old regime. And we are the people's friends, when well, we want what's best for you. And we take the bills in our bus, our methods are tragic.
0: Lot for Pedro's show start off the second hour with Refrigerator and Blueprints. Ben Salter after that. we had a little, uh, yeah. uh, what do you call it? drought of his music. And he got me this new record that's coming out. He's also six months on that museum in Tasmania. What's wants me do, I want to give him a tune for that. Lucas Abella from Sydney after that, not too far away. DeLorean. Interesting tune. <laughs> do you remember DeLorean's? You know, I've scrubbed pots and pans at a hospital. One of the doctors had one of those seventies, <laughs> like brushed aluminum. Oh, it's in that fucking movie with Mike uh, Fox, right?
2: Yeah, uh, the fact that
0: that, that Last stop. Yeah, the thing is the d- hatch, right? They, they they come up. So if you roll the fucking vehicle, you ain't getting out. Last stop on the express from Black Randy and the Metro Squad. There's some. Uh, was that guy in New York? He was just tape shit on the street. Uh, Alan Lomax or something. Yeah. No, but, but they were just preserving things. I think he did more folk singing and shit, but this guy... Yeah, Folkways. Yeah, Folkways, mm-hmm. but this guy was just hanging a mic out the window. Anyway, ha- Hanson Powderker. after that, Boiling par- Point uh, Refrigerator after that with Bottles of Makeup. Right away, let's get into... I'm curious about how refrigerator songs are, are written. Uh, Alan, would you like taking what you did with the fucking microwave poodle and just move it on <laughs> to Chris World?
1: <laughs> um. Yeah, uh, you said you wanted pretty, to
0: get more serious, right?
1: We we got more serious, so um, we and even the last stuff of the buck, we were starting to go that way. So usually, um, now it's evolved. Like you know, um, sometimes you just write random lines and kind of a kind of a kind of a a folder or you know a notepad, um, just words you hear or whatever. It will change. Both Chris writes some of the music songs for the band. My brother writes a lot of the music and lyrics. I do some of the lyrics as well and come up with the vocal melody. So we're pretty, we've been together so long now, we almost can just, we did a lot of the new record, we did a lot of just uh, improvising actually, where we just have random lyrics, they would start playing and I would just grab one of the lyric sheets. I think this will fit what you guys are playing.
0: Can can I, uh, you mean, so you got like a fucking reservoir. Or, or do you? Yeah, like,
1: Alan can take, uh, like,
2: he'll go through his folder. Like, some, I write like two or three of the songs on guitar per album, and I see Alan just like grab a book of lyrics and just, he'll just throw a vocal melody over something and find the right words, so, right batch so, of lyrics.
0: So, 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 music actually does come first, but there's, there's words. It's not like, oh, now I got to write words to this. It's like you find words from his reservoir.
2: Oh yeah. And, and Dennis, like both those guys write right, right? Right, right. all the lyrics and they're, they're prolific. Yeah. They, they have no shortage of lyrics. And,
0: and, and you being a drummer have no problem writing a, a song on a guitar.
2: No, no. Even though I, you I, told I, me you, you
0: had an early experience of being really shitty on the guitar.
2: Yeah. I've been trying to come back from that ever since. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: okay. It's okay. I, I'm just trying to show you I'm a good listener. <laughs> now, uh, what about using the drums as a fucking musical composition tool?
2: There are times where that happens. I'll, I'll start playing the beat and, and you know, kind of work it in around whatever Dennis comes up with on guitar. and You know, it's collaborative.
0: Yeah, because, you know, Chico Hamilton, this was a jazz world, right? Oh, yeah. like, he couldn't get songwriting credits. This in the 60s, right? Drummers can't write songs. Fuck that! I want play... to
2: The first guy I saw with mallets, I, I, I saw Chico that
0: George Hurley was way into that guy, a big influence on him, and he played with a guitar man from Hungary called Gabor Zabo, who lived in Pedro oh, yeah. for a little bit. Look, I want to play uh sweet eight.
3: Just you
6: of life.
4: Stood at the T-Bird It ain't our desert love
0: for Pedro Show. We started that chunk of music with Refrigerator doing Sweet A. And then Are You Cop? They got a brand new record and this tune is What Kind of Car Does Gibby Haynes Drive? Uh, people who ask questions with songs, how are you supposed to answer them? I guess at the gig you scream at them. Public record after that, Uncle Sam. Giovanni Aldopio Jean uh, Vestito Funabre uh, Lewis Cole featuring Genevieve Artadi with when you're ugly. And finally, High Desert Lows from refrigerator. So let me ask you about the record. Do you record in Claremont?
2: That song you just played, High Desert Lows, we recorded in Omaha, Nebraska. Um, a friend of ours, uh, Simon Joyner, lives out there and we decided to collaborate with him and work out there. And then, yeah, but most of the time we record here in Claremont.
0: And, and mm-hmm. what, what's the sitch? Is there a studio?
2: Yeah, yeah. That guy Steve Folta, you interviewed a little yes, while yeah, ago. Drummer he's a man, right. He he has a I, I have a rehearsal space with him and uh he's got a whole recording set up in there and we'll we'll do that and or we record at Dennis's house, our guitar player. We've recorded well, a few albums there.
0: Chris, that's one of the reasons I asked, because a lot of cats are recording themselves, right? That play nowadays. And it's not yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's a terrible thing. For one thing it's more econo, and you got more control. But the other thing is, you can't blame it on the fucking engineer producer. (laughs) (laughs) So pluses and minuses. Uh, So in Omaha, uh, D Boone's daddy was Nebraska. Oh. Uh, Mm -hmm. But but uh, there's a lot of happening music. Well, that's all over the fucking country. So what was it like? A tour stop, or did you or trading files?
2: No, we flew out there and uh, stayed in town for a week and recorded. Every day for like five days. We got got all the tracks done in five days. And then our friend Simon that lives out there had some friends come in and do strings after the fact. And we kind of approved or you know kept or left off things that that worked with a a friend that played a violin and added some stuff to those tracks. Yeah. And we played a couple
1: shows while we were out there as
2: well.
0: There used to be a pad there called the Ranch Bowl. It was a bowling alley, (laughs) right? That was the only gig in Omaha for years. It had a radio station, all kinds of shit, but it was basically a bowling alley on the outside <laughs> of town, like the old, uh, like a more modern version of the the roadhouse, right out of town. You know, so uh, <laughs> let's let's get back to refrigerator. Uh, this this latest record, would would you consider it self produced?
2: Uh, well, that Steve Fulta recorded it at Dennis's house with his. You know, his high high tech recording gear, but we were on you know Dennis's wood floors in his living room.
0: What I mean by produce, like an engineer actually has his hands on the equipment, right? And a producer is yeah. a kind of a yeah. cat with the big picture. He's not so technically.
2: It it's uh, all four of us usually just hashing out ideas. Like a lot of times, me and Dennis will just get into uh, you know discussions or debates about how something should sound after we do it. We just try it out first and see what's worth keeping.
0: M- you mean as far as the take?
2: Yeah. Yeah. The oh, take. Oh, like okay. We'll just, That's what you know, you're try- talking
0: about. Well, you know, it could, could happen in the mix. I don't know. You know, I'm working on the mind reading. We won't have to use words no. after a while. guy. Okay? <laughs> just pull it. No, <laughs> <right laughs> <out laughs> you fucking. In. <laughs> no. I'm just, yeah. I'm just curious on the process because you know, with self-recording, Self producing, right? It's sort of like, maybe. Let's say it was the old days, and you had a story to tell, and only one dude in town knew how to write, you know, use handwriting. So everybody had to go to him, and he would write down the story, right?
2: Now, scribe, right? yeah,
0: yeah, the scribe. Good, good point, Al. So that that that's why I kind of asked that stuff. And uh, 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 do you go for the full band, or is it like, let's just get the rhythm track? Let's, you know, and then overdubs. and. Or,
2: no, we do the full band. We do okay. like a live take with everything and we'll keep the vocals if we can. Alan's sure, usually sure. like, you know, in another room and he's coming in through the headphones. Yeah. So we try to keep the original vocals, but if there's too much bleed or whatever, he'll do like, you know, a little additional uh, recording of the vocals. Well,
0: the good thing about a scratch voice, I think, is so the band members, the guys who ain't singing, or even the other singers, they don't have to count
3: Yes. And it's yes. so
0: fucking hard to do a good take when you're like on oh, number seventeen, is it eighteen? Is it nineteen? <laughs> oh, is it thirteen? Yeah. So when the guy's singing, even though you're right, it might not be usable at the end of the day, it was something to keep the team together.
2: Oh, definitely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That, that's a you know, sometimes you think, Oh man, recording's just like doing a gig in front of a microphone, but in ways it ain't. And in in some ways, that's good, right? There's a little more flexibility. Like you can do a second take. You do that at a gig, people are going to let you know about it. <laughs>
1: right? Yeah, we, we, we've been on that end of it.
0: Where you've played one song many times.
2: Just or just a false start and you got to do it over again and you're like 30 seconds into the song. that <laughs> try to cut back on that. The f-
0: first few years of me helping the Stooges, we used to do every night, every gig was... Two versions of I Want to Be Your Dog. And the only difference was Brother Steve would come in on the sacks. By the way, that, that's the only time I recorded in Claremont. I can't remember. It was a home studio, but I got to record with Brother Steve there in Kamilski from the Czech Republic. Mm, Damn. Nice. I wish I. Yeah. My, my memory. Like that guy who blew himself up in his basement, right? The JPL guy. What's his name? Pollard? You know about that? I don't him? know that. I
5: don't know that story. Yeah, he
0: was trying to make a homonucleus or some shit with nitroglycerin and Alistair Crowley. See, he was this guy was bu- buddies with uh, L. Ron Hubbard. Yeah, and he started our Ow. part of our spa- space program again. Uh, we're at the end of the second hour, June one, twenty twenty one. Just what Pedro show special guest, Alan Chris refrigerator. Hold tight for hour three. June one, twenty twenty one. It's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro show.
4: Body through the ditch, sing my swan song in perfect.
0: The show starts at the third hour. Refrigerator, Greyhound, Sundown. I find a rhyme. Kiwi Junior after that with Dodger. Maritime guys in Toronto. The big time. a Troop out of Poland with Exist. Uh, Pino Ventana. Here's Jason LaFarge, a bass man in Brooklyn. Caesar's Palace. A tune called Divide. He, he knew Brother Steve and recorded several times with him. Uh, slang after that from Hokkaido with the Immortal Sin and finally Balmore. You know, that's how they say it over there. Refrigerator. Gosh. Now, did this record. I mean, uh, do refrigerator records have themes or are they a collection of songs?
1: Um, sometimes they have a theme, like uh, we had an earlier record called Comedy Minus One, which was all about the fallout from our drummer from the Bucks and that. Break up. Drama. Um, drama. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes we'll have a record where we don't know if there's a theme to it, but once it comes all together, it's almost like a subconscious thing. You could say, oh, that's what this was about, but you don't realize it at the time.
0: You, you, you did it without trying, you're saying.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Yeah, and maybe that's better because maybe not so forced and, uh, you know, kind of ham fisted. I'm just interested because, I, yeah, I, when I'm listening to your stuff, it, it seems to have thread, threads. And, and you know, that's what music's about. Even though you might not be in touch or you can't articulate it, it's still running through this stuff. I'm, I'm so glad you got the drummer part of the songwriting process. That's beautiful. I wish more and more of that happened, just like home recording, you know. It seemed there was so much hierarchy in the old days.
2: Yeah. Yeah, they, they we're definitely democratic. I mean, I think Dennis, the guitar player, and I doing drums, Like I, we work out the production the most, like how the music's going to sound or what we're going to put on the recording, especially for
1: overdubs. And, and I think you have to leave your ego down. Like You have to trust who you're collaborating with. If they have a suggestion, listen to it, try it out. Nobody's trying to take the spotlight. It's whatever for the better of the song. I think we all have a really uh, healthy relationship.
0: I I think that's great, because that's ensemble playing, right? And whenever you get more than one guy playing, you're trying to make an interesting conversation, I think, or I would hope. Right. You know? This other stuff where we try to, like, I don't know, convert our our other experiences of human slavery and bigotry and shit into the fucking band format. Why? Why in this one artistic uh, kind of endeavor we can get a little idealistic (laughs) and try to function that way a little bit Uh, okay look at this one talk about a fucking optimistic song title jealousy is gone
7: 八千代原降り頼んそれこれなるほど二度もしもし今夜と坊パラジオ見かけ色々旅の話をしますと心心おや、おるす遠い何を思ったのか戻ってきて、その代わりお坊様しっかり頼んでおきますが、私が帰ってくるまであなたはそこにじっと座っていて、どこへも動かないでください。うっかり動いて次の間を覗いたりなんぞしてはいけません。とそれで時期なんでも足立ヶ原の黒塚にはおば気になるしなおさらしばらく迷っ中しばらく慌て目くら滅法耳をやい坊主するとお経のくどくでしょうか。もうそろそろ夜が明けかかってきたので鬼も怖くなったのでしょうか。鬼の足がだんだんのろくなって間が遠くなりました。そのうちずんずん空は明るくなってきて東の空が薄暗くしばらくは坊さんのうしろ姿を遠くから眺めていましたが、坊さんはそのうち人里に出てほっと一息つきました。手を合わせました
0: Pedro show last music for this edition jealousy is gone from refrigerator you know I was listening to the two guys who did that 70s label in Philadelphia with the kind of their answer to Motown right and uh, who's that lady you would know her voice on the NPR Gross, uh, Terry Gross right? Terry Gross what what song should we end with and the guy said let's be optimistic Uh, play Love Train, get on board the Love Train And, and that's what I thought of that but you told me uh, you've got some insights you could enlighten us with.
2: For that song, yeah, the, we we collaborated on this uh, latest album with a guy named Mark Givens from Wicker Spigot, another uh, Claremont band, and he played guitar along with Dennis on, on this whole album and
1: wrote a lot of the lyrics. He wrote the lyrics for that one. And and I think it's one of the most difficult lyrics to write are the positive, optimistic uh, <laughs> lyrics. I I do. <laughs>
0: No, I, I agree. I agree. Oh. I should tell the people after that we uh, heard few doing a old story, the Onibaba Baba of Adachigahara. Gahara. Few. Few said uh, Onibaba, Baba, uh, old uh, demon lady, uh, old witch. And finally, refrigerator with broken glass shore. So, it's a it was it was a four piece this album.
2: uh Actually, five. We have a, our bass player, Daniel, is, plays on all our albums. And, and he's a permanent member. And then I play drums. Dennis plays guitar. And Alan sings. And then we invited our friend Mark from Spigot to play guitar. Anything oh, I understand.
0: Works? I understand. Okay. God, how can I forget the bass?
2: Yeah, we got to Please drive
0: down to Pedro and shoot me. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, look. Tell me about the Claremont scene in 2021.
1: In Um, I think it's very persevered, a lot of scenes, because this started like 20 plus years ago, and so many of the other scenes around the country or wherever, they kind of evaporated, but um, I'm happy to say that it's probably a good two-thirds, maybe more, of the bands that started are still here doing things from the Mountain Goats to Wicker Spigot to us to... um, Franklin Franklin Bruno's from here. And,
0: he was on the yeah. show. He was on the show.
2: Yeah. 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 So Dennis, our guitar player, started the record label Shrimper, and uh, he still runs that. And uh, that's kind of probably how we met all these bands. It's mm-hmm. sort of magnetized all these other musicians from the area to like form around one <coughs> scene. So Mountain Goats were here way back when, and, and Franklin, and Franklin's moved to New York, and the Mountain Goats are on the
7: North
2: East Carolina. Coast. Yeah.
0: North Carolina, right. Can I ask you something? because you said at the beginning of the show stuff about SST. The one trippy thing about SST, uh, uh, tell me if I'm wrong, there wasn't really a sound. Husker Do, Meat Puppets, Black Flag, Minutemen, they didn't sound
6: like each other. Uh,
1: and you know what? Um, my brother, he started uh, Shrimper. That was the template. Was SST, like, hey, SST can have all these bands that sound wildly different which we thought was interesting because wicker spigot sounds nothing like us, like the mountain goats. We find that interesting and liberating and just, uh, the way to go.
0: I think that's great. Uh, And what about radio? Since what there's four or five colleges?
2: Yeah. The, yeah. And the college radio station, um, KSBC, like, yeah, they play a lot of local music and there's some really good shows on there.
1: And, um, They birthed Refrigerator in a way because we had no money whatsoever to record in a studio. So the first Refrigerator cassette, we did a live show on KSBC and we used that as the first uh, Refrigerator cassette.
0: Because in a way, it's a fucking studio, right?
1: Right, right. That was our thinking.
0: Yeah, yeah. Smart thinking, smart thinking, Al. And so, like, like like the tune, No Jealousy. There's not big rival. People pull together in the Claremont scene.
3: Yeah, that's true. Uh-oh, there they're, was...
0: They're, I, 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 I felt some hesitation.
3: No, no, no.
2: It's like, <laughs> I don't know if the song's about that. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I'd have to ask Mark.
1: But uh, definitely, there's not, like, any scene rivalries, if there even is much of a scene. And I think that's why it's Persevered, because if you have that type of rivalry, it, it can be toxic and cancerous to everything.
0: So, you know, there's an old aphorism right i'm not saying it's true but familiarity breeds contempt
2: yeah yeah <laughs> yeah
0: oh you mean you agree with that
2: no i i agree that that's a well, why, well
0: what that's you need is a little no, auto- it's
2: not true for us
0: what i'm saying is a little autonomy helps a little thermos bottle so you keep your little worlds but you're still like you're on the same boat but you're in different compartments i guess
1: that's fair and for us We've always um, liked to have people like Mark Gibbons on the new record or Franklin's been on many of our records. We've always been a pretty collaborative group. We've almost, even with this record, uh, Mark came about playing on the whole thing because he was the only musician in this area that had never appeared with us playing a song with us live or on a recording. So we corrected that. With this record, we've completed our uh, Inland Empire Shrimperscene collection with collaborating.
0: Now you would consider Claremont Inland Empire.
1: Yes. Uh, yeah. Because yeah. everybody, the,
0: it seems these days, everybody thinks S.G.V. Right?
2: I guess technically, but like maybe geologically, we're in the San Gabriel Valley. But I think uh, geographically, culturally... probably. <laughs> but or uh, unless
0: you're a volcano. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we are. <laughs> we might physically be in that valley, but we are part. Of yeah. the
0: IE, I guess. Well, you are part of those foothills for sure. I mean, the freeway, I think the I-210 is called foothill. Uh, next plan for refrigerator.
1: We've got a lot of things on that we're trying to get to. Um, we're working on a project with uh, Amy Maloof from um, Falcon Eddie. Eddie and the uh, writer Jonathan Lethem. Um, Speaking
0: of the radio, um, he's a DJ, he, right? Yeah.
1: Yes, yeah. yes. Exactly.
0: Motherless, and, uh, motherless Brooklyn, a great fucking book. Where can people find you on the internet?
1: Um, I think it's shrimper.com, shrimperrecords.com.
0: To get more yeah. information on refrigerator. I can't wait to hear your ne- next thing. It's, it's going to have a collab, right? The Falcon Eddie lady.
1: Yeah. Well, yes. when, you,
0: when you get it done, when you come back on the show, can we talk about it?
1: We'd love to. For sure. We'd okay. love to.
0: Thanks so much, Alan. Thank you. Chris. Chris, you're beautiful. People, it's been the June 1, 2021 edition of WAP. Peter Shilkega, your
3: powder drive.